Picks Mix is brought to you by the Arrow Show, brought to you by Liberated Syndication, twitch.tv forward slash Arrow Show, and is in association with the Old School Lane podcast. Picks Mix is brought to you by OldSchoolLane.blogspot.com and is associated with the Aaron Metz Show. Mix. My name is Aaron. And my name is Patricia. And no, this is not an early April Fool's Day joke. This is actually a Pix Mix instead of a Dream Machine. So, uh, yeah, yeah, very true. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, uh, we have we have just recently traveled forward into the future, and we had just seen all of the previous Pixar movies that will be coming out in the future, and we're just about to tell it to you right now. Okay, then. Well, actually, we're only going to tell you about one, but um, and also, it's uh, we're going to admit to you, it's uh, only just the trailer, and we're only just going to give you our thoughts on it. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, we just felt like, uh, and also on top of that as well, I know I've said in the past that I think three is enough for a series of movies. But uh, I think, given that there's so much buzz going currently going on, you know, ironically enough, a lot of buzz uh, currently going around for uh, this uh, this movie, and uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people asking for our opinions on it too. I think uh, I think we would be not wise to kind of let this pass by, and I think we should at least give people our um, thoughts now. Now that there's actually a proper trailer of whether we feel like Toy Story 4 is going to be a worthwhile episode of Pix Mix that we're going to do when the movie finally comes out. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, here we go. Goes and flows of angel hair and ice cream castles in the air and feathered canyons everywhere. I've looked at clouds that way. So the trailer of Toy Story 4 had come out on March the 19th of 2019 on the road of life where there are old friends, new friends, and stories that that change you. Uh, so watch the new toy, new trailer for Toy Story 4 out now and is in theatres on June 21st. So, um, Patricia, your thoughts on uh, what we saw in those uh, 2 minutes and 27 seconds? Uh, I was genuinely surprised for this trailer. Now, before we ended picks mix with the incredibles 2 we did briefly talk about how uh you know basically toy story 4 was essentially like starting over um from a previous draft of the story in which they were gonna basically have it as a standalone story and not a continuation of toy story 3 but in here it seems like it is a continuation of toy story 3 because in the trailer we did see some snippets of you know woody making a promise uh about that she was gonna uh, that he was gonna watch over bonnie because it was kind of like uh, something that he um, gave a solemn swear to with uh, the trade of Andy and then we have all of the gang trying to go after Woody and very similar to what happened in the previous Toy Story movies and uh, this time around we have a brand new character in the form of Forky which is a very unorthodox sort of toy it's a spork 
that has googly eyes and um, curly arms and popsicle feet. And it doesn't want to be a toy. It's it, it claims that it wants to be a spork, you know, where you're, you know, it gets eaten, you know, with alongside with, you know, super such. And then it wants to be thrown away. And then eventually, you know, Woody has to save it because as of the trailer, as we've seen it, it is currently Bonnie's favorite toy. Not all the other toys that she received from Andy, that is. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought, uh, you know, we obviously were going to, when this um, Forky was not uh, introduced uh, just in this trailer, he was putting this, he was putting the, uh, in the, uh, the featurettes in, uh, he was also putting like one of, in the Super Bowl commercial as well. That's I right, think. yeah. We first uh, saw him in the Super Bowl commercial. Yeah, we didn't know what his name was, but uh, we, um, we kind of knew that uh, he was going to be uh, a focal point in the, uh, in, in the story. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm very surprised they just threw him in as a side character and didn't really acknowledge that. So, oh, hey, how, you know, how is it that he, you know, he, he, it's easy to kind of like, you can see in other films, he probably would be thrown in as just a kind of like a comical side character, you know, with, uh, and everyone else kind of like being so serious. But no, he's going to be, uh, he's going to be there and he's going to be one of the driving, probably going to be the, one of the driving forces, I think, in the, uh, dare I say, probably the main story of Toy Story 4. I yeah, guess. no, it's kind of interesting about how Disney has kind of been playing this trope recently about how, uh, it, in appearance, it looks like that they're going to be like the goofy side character that's going to be a lot of fun, but on the inside, they actually have a lot more depth to them than you would think, like um, the imaginary friend from Inside Out or Olaf from Frozen, in which... You know, they would appear to be like goofy characters, but they do have a bit of heart to them. Well, I mean, with Olaf, I think in, in Frozen, when he was when you saw the concept, you thought, "Oh my god, this is going to be a really loud, obnoxious character." But yes. he was very toned down. I very guess. toned I, down. I, that that surprised me because, uh, as I, I mentioned this before, that seriously, the Frozen trailer, like the original Frozen trailer, was like one of the worst trailers I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it was awful. It was bad. And it, it, the reason why it was bad was because it didn't, I mean, if you were to watch the final product, it's nothing like it. Like, it gives you nothing. And then when you see Olaf and he's, like, acting all goofy, he's like, oh, here we go. This is going to be, like, the annoying side character. Ugh. But no, it was kind of surprising. And similar to the um, the imaginary friend from uh, Inside Out in which, oh, it's pink and it, it's, like, all smiley and, and such it's like oh there's annoying another annoying character okay uh, you know let's move on to the next world but no when it sacrifices its, itself to save joy and sadness that was touching so I have to give you know kudos for that. So I think that Forky is going to be a similar character. Yeah, I, I um, well let's 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 let that. Play well, not, out. not a similar character, but you know, kind of like what the basis of that kind of character is. Yeah, I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be the character who is uh, reluctant to kind of accept his fate. I think, mm-hmm. and so, so he. I don't think he is. I think he's definitely not going to be happy with the fact that uh, Bonnie has brought him to life, and uh, he would rather just kind of like go away and serve his original purpose. And, right. Uh, maybe it's he's going to. Like how um, in, I tell you um, what. Buzz funnily Lightyear. enough, now I think the the Forky's arc is kind of an interesting story because it's kind of like it makes you, it does actually make me kind of wonder what direction he's going to go in. Is he actually going to want to th- actually fulfill throwing himself away and justify why he does want to be? his originals are, or is he going to warm up to the fact that now he's got this purpose of being Bonnie's toy? 
Uh, yeah, that's a very interesting off. question. I mean, I, there was like uh, towards the end of the trailer when um, Forky does say, look, there's Bonnie. She's about to leave. And then, you know, Woody starts running over towards the car. So I take it that maybe at, at some point in the movie, Forky's going to accept his role. Mm-hmm. Or either that he's going to make a choice, whether he's going to like say, look, I'm going to stay here in the carnival and you're going to, you know, Woody, you go over and uh, make sure Bonnie's okay or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And let's get to the carnival, by the way, because, um, the you know, we've, we've tried, you know, mixing up various um, settings for the toys. In the first movie, we had Andy's room and then we had Pizza Planet. In the second movie, we had a toy collector with Al and we had Al's Toy Barn, which was a toy store. In the third movie, we had the... You know the um, the priest the the kindergarten, and now we have a carnival, which again is a great idea because, you know, carnival is where you get to see a lot of toys. Mm. You know, you win them with like carnival games. Yeah, well, I just think uh, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I, I really would like to see what the formula is going to be like in this, and like, is it going to be? Because one thing I would say is that uh, in with the Toy Story films, and uh, I mean, this is. Uh, I'm sorry, this is like a really weak critique, I think, of, of Toy Story. But uh, I mean, you can kind of start as kind of like seeing the formula of like you know they start off in uh, they start off in the house and then uh, it's like either there's a like a you know a moving or a road trip or some kind of event that uh, makes them go into like all of the locations. And uh, I guess I could say that's a critique for any other <laughs> film in existence. Yeah, maybe. exactly. But, uh, yeah, yeah uh, it is true. You're you're absolutely right because in the first movie, you know, Andy, his mom, and his sister were moving. In the second movie, Andy was going to. Camp, and then it would have focused on whether Woody was going to go to Japan with the other toys. In the third yeah. movie, Andy was going to college, and you know they had to bring Woody back right before he left. So yeah, we, we essentially have like trips. Like some character is going to be going off to, you know, insert place here for some reason, and the toys have to go there right before they leave or right before, you know, they uh, they find out that they're missing. Which it, there is a part of the movie in which we do see that, um, you know, Bonnie is looking for her toy. And she realizes that it's missing, and she starts crying and going over to her parents. Yeah, I, I just think with um, the, um, um, the the whole, uh, I, I just feel like it's been done. You know, the way that the, the the Toy Story formula has been done, I like to see if they do something um, unique with it, or if they do something uh, uh, that makes it stand out from the other uh, the other movies. Because I think the problem with this movie is, and uh, I think it's a, also a, a, a fate that uh, other kind of like you know. Uh, post three movies kind of fall into like you kind of know what the formula is going to be like uh, you know what um, I guess towards the end I think you can kind of see where and also top of the well like, everyone had probably read the books before they went to see the films with the Harry Potter series for example like uh, you kind of knew what you were in for I think uh, after seeing probably the first three and then when you went off to see the other ones you kind of knew where you were going with them and uh, then with um, you know with uh, uh, with other movies that have like passed that, like you kind of know you're for, for, you're familiar with the formula, and uh, and the Fast and Furious movies, for example, like you you know what it's going to be uh, when you when you first walk into the theater, and you know what to expect, and I I, I don't know if uh, you know is Pixar going to surprise us with something that I mean obviously they're surprising us with something now in regards to uh, uh, toys kind of questioning their existence in the world. 
I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're, obviously, they're going in those directions. And also, they're going to be, mind you, they say that, uh, oh, they're going to be playing at stories that are kind of close to heart as well, which, uh, I mean, it's kind of par for the course of Pixar at this point because they always tell emotional stories. Like, uh, they be, they be making, I mean, you know, I guess it depends on, you know, who's telling the story. Like, each of the main writers of Pixar always tell the stories in a completely different way, whether it be a story by Pete Doctor, whether it be a story by um, Andrew Stanton, whether it be a story by um, Lee Unrich. It, it depends on, you know, how their story perception is. You know, some tell it more emotional than others. Some tell it more heartwarming than others. Some tell it more with a comedic stride. It, I guess it depends on, you know, how, you, you know, what you know what you define as emotion for uh, for a Pixar movie. Yeah, and I just think um, with, um, well, you know, with emotional Pixar films, like, I mean, we, we you know, the, the moment when uh, sadness finally takes control of uh, Riley in Inside Out. I mean, uh, the the moment when uh, um, uh, Coco uh, re- re- receives the uh, you know the song that re- re- revives all the memories, mm-hmm. and uh, you know the, so those uh, those those moments, and also the moment when uh, Dory finally found uh, her parents and and um, in uh, in Finding Dory. And so I think uh, what's gonna I'd be interested to see what the big payoff I think for sitting through Toy Story Four is gonna be. I think in yeah. all of this, and uh, I think we're going to get it because uh, th- obviously Bonnie is back in the picture in all of this. So, yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I am intrigued to. See, I will be honest, I am intrigued to see. Um, and, w- and what we've seen here, it seems that now that Bo in this is going to be um obviously a, a lost toy who's now got more of a rugged edge than she had with it before. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk this. about Bo Peep. Yeah, th- this was. I mean, we've known for a long time that Bo Peep was going to be in the movie. But it seems like there was a bit of a change because I don't recall, um, you know, in like the early drafts of the story that Bo Peep was going to go through like this massive change. I think that that was probably something that they had, you know, rewritten during like the, um, you know, the when they decided that they wanted to take the series into a different direction. Well, to be honest, I think there was a lot that was rewritten. Keep this in mind. This is a movie that's had uh, three quarters of its um, of, it, of its scripts ripped out and uh, redone again. Exactly. So I don't, if, if we're going to talk about rewrites of Bo, I think we can talk about rewrites about a lot of other things, I think, in this. And so uh, I think even probably Forky himself is probably also a rewrite, maybe. Maybe, and, but uh, we will not know fully of the original story until maybe when the movie comes out. Yeah, I think we'll definitely know about that. So, uh, I mean, obviously the main focus looks to be Woody, looks to be Forky, looks to be Bo uh, from the sis. But surprisingly enough, uh, I mean, it looks like Buzz Lightyear, I mean, I guess Buzz Lightyear is somewhat reviving, revising his uh, story arc from Toy Story 2, and that's going off to find Woody. Yes, yes, he is. And, you know, of, of course, as usual, he's going to be taking along, you know, all the other toys and maybe I, I think that it, I think maybe from what it looked like in the trailer, it looked like he was going on his own. So maybe, you know, he's going to be the one to go into the carnival and look around to find Woody while Woody is learning more about, you know, what it's like to be a rugged toy with no owner and, you know, whether Woody should actually follow his path of actually being a toy owner uh, yeah, this is definitely. I'm definitely feeling a lot of Toy Story two vibes in this. Yeah, it's like it's a bit. Um, I, I don't know, like what Buzz Lightyear being forced to kind of go. Out, well, he's volunteered to go off on his own, but none of the. It looks like all the other toys are going to be uh, sticking around in the trailer from the looks of it. So. Uh, yeah, I. I, I <laughs> funny I mean, enough. So to speak. Knowing, <laughs> knowing the Toy Story franchise, they're probably going to feel guilty, and then eventually they're going to go try to look for Buzz so that they can find Woody. Don't be surprised if that happens. Yeah. 
So uh, I mean, we can talk about the we can talk about the design of it all, and uh, we talk about, I guess I mean well the music's I think I I definitely think is just for the trailer. I think we won't see like the full score. I don't think at all like way later on in the uh, into the um, the the movie itself. But uh, sure. I think and also maybe they might do some more uh, additional work. I think for the um, um, other trailers that might come out to, to uh, do, uh, they might do some more TV spots as well. Maybe I think they're definitely <laughs> going to want to promote this film uh, to the moon. I think, and uh, actually, that's interesting. How do you think the promotion is going to play out? Do you think? Do you think we're going to uh, see? Do you think we're going to see more trailers come out before June twenty first, or do you think they're going to look at? Yeah, uh, there'll, there'll definitely be a lot more trailers. I think there there'll be more trailers introducing maybe the carnival toys because we only know a few of them. Yeah, how, ma- I mean, how, how many do you think though? I'm going to guess three or four. I'm going to guess three as well. So uh, okay. I'm going to say this is the first one. They're going to release the second one. And then before the movie comes out, they're going to go with it. They're going to bam. They're going to uh, give us a third one and give us something that's uh, really going to. I feel like th- they've given us something to intrigue us now. And then in the second one, I think they're going to probably tell us maybe something a bit more about maybe either Forky or Bo. And then in the third one, they're going to give us something that we're really going to want to be interested in. And then bam, we're going to be in the theater watching it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, one character that we, um, I don't think we've seen in the trailer, maybe for like a few seconds, but Keanu Reeves is supposed to be in this movie as kind of like an evil Knievel-like character, you know, who rides a motorcycle or something. Uh Uh-huh. So I don't think he was in the trailer, but there was an announcement like way, way past uh, last year that he was going to be in this movie as a character. Well, we still got plenty of time to go yet. So, uh, I mean, still a chance for them to showcase him. At some point, mm-hmm. so uh, either that or if he's just going to be there. I mean, not much chance to go showcase him if he's only going to be in it for like you know a certain amount of time. So uh, sure, that's fair gonna, enough. If you're going to be there, have a cup of coffee and then go away again. So like, uh, Could, you know, that's a fair point. Yeah, that's a fair point too. So um, yeah, so they're in this. So, I mean, what kind of shenanigans do you think they'll get up to in this carnival? I think. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they'll play a similar scene to the original Toy Story in which, like, you know, maybe somebody is playing a carnival game and then they see Woody or Bo and they'll be like, oh, I want that. And then they'll play the game and then they win and maybe they have to go after, you know, the toy. Like, it gets a little sidetracked. Yeah. Or maybe they'll probably find a ring toss game, which is uh, maybe... Uh, oh, that's interesting. Do you think they'll probably do a homage to the uh, the, the carnival episode of The Simpsons and uh, they'll show how the ring toss game is rigged and uh, they'll, they'll like they'll like unrig it and then they'll share that and then like, have everyone win, win the prizes on show yeah, and yeah. like uh, that'll, be, that'll be kind of funny so they uh, do that a little bit and uh, uh you know like uh, the um i'm assuming there's going to be animals in this because they might have like a petting zoo or something like that i don't know or uh uh, maybe yeah Yeah. maybe and so but i think that um with the setting you know there's a lot of possibilities that you can play around with but i think that the main focus for the story is the conundrum of woody and forky trying to go back before they leave uh you know bonnie and her family leave and also uh you know the discussion of Bo becoming a rogue toy and uh, you know, Woody having to make the decision on whether, you know, he should be a rogue toy with Bo or, you know, he should go back with Bonnie and his family. And um, I want to bring up something. And I don't know how you feel, um, Aaron, but I remember when there were so many complaints on Twitter of everybody just hating Andy's new design. 
Oh, yeah. You know, they're saying like, oh, that doesn't look anything like Andy. But you have to understand that the first Toy Story movie came out in 1995. And this was the very first CGI animated feature. I've got to be honest, I'm just taking a look. I'm just trying to get a tiny look at, uh, I mean, here's the thing, though. I mean, we're looking at this boy now. I mean, dare I, I mean, are we, here's the, I mean, are we sure that's actually Andy, though? Yeah, that is Andy because he's wearing, you know, the cowboy hat that looks like Jesse's cowboy hat. And he's playing, you know, that's during the flashback when he was talking about like, you know, um, you know, with Woody talking to Bo saying like, you know, you can't teach this old toy new tricks. And I made a promise and it was switching, switching back and forth between the, the scene where Andy was giving Bonnie his toys. And then we have Andy playing with it. I mean, unless, of course, maybe it's a different owner and we don't know about it, but we can assume it's definitely you know it is definitely Andy I could see that be like I don't know like because uh, I mean if this is supposed to I mean people are saying this, this is different from Andy then how do we know it's not like a dream sequence and like this is another kid playing with these toys or something like that that could be a possibility sure but I think that this is a more refined look of Andy because again I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna bring it up again that you know 1995 you know this was the first CGI animated feature and um, you, you know, character um, renditions of humans were not up into stride at that point. So- yeah, I'll definitely say that because if you look at uh, if you look at Andy in the original Toy Story, he he looks like um, I mean, he looks like he's in a um, um, like you know those like early video games that uh, yeah, have yeah. like human characters in them. I'm trying to remember also what a good one to kind of reference would be. It's like, uh, yeah, he he does look far less defined, less defined. Yeah, he kind of looks this. like, a, he, yeah, he looks like a, a PlayStation rendered character, like Heart of Darkness or something. Yeah, like, uh, woof. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, it's, um, so I think, and also on top of that as well, like, I, I don't think Andy was going to escape being updated, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, unless, of course, you know, they really wanted to, you know, they wanted to use old clips like in um, Toy Story or Toy Story 2 to, you know, showcase Andy or, you know, like in Toy Story 3 when they did like the new flashbacks, then, you know, that would have been cool. But I guess they wanted to like put in some new animation towards uh, the flashbacks. And I guess that makes sense. But for some people, it's a little bit too jarring for them, which I completely understand. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, um, I didn't mind, you know, if this is Andy, to be honest with you, I don't mind him. Yeah, I don't mind him either. I think he's all right. Yeah, on top of that as well, at least looking at Andy now and looking at his his older version, it kind of make that I would say that kid has more chance of growing up to look like the Andy in Toy Story three than I think the the kid in Toy Story the the, the model in Toy Story ever did. Sure, sure, and that's uh, very fair. I'm trying to remember what he looked like in Toy Story two now, actually now. So yeah, uh, yeah. Um, another thing that I wanted to bring up in terms of the um, the story was um, I think that for the most part, we do kind of get a sense of what the story will be about. But I do think that there is going to be at least maybe one little plot twist that kind of like shakes things up. We're probably going to have a surprise villain because in Toy Stories 2 and 3, we had a surprise villain. We had, um, you know, the the prospector in Toy Story 2 and we had the, um, you know, Lotso in Toy Story 3. So don't be surprised if maybe somebody that we you know, get to trust in Toy Story 4 is going to turn out to be a villain. Don't be surprised if maybe Bo will be a villain. Actually, I was going to ask you that about that. What if it is Bo? 
if it is Bo and the way that she acts, you know, in terms of like forcing Woody to become a rogue toy, that will not surprise me in the slightest. Yeah, I, I just think how, how it all play out though, because uh, if this um, if there's supposed to be an emotional scene between uh, Woody and Bo, like uh, I mean, it, it, it yeah, can't, like exactly. it can't be like. It can't be like how, um, you know, uh, John and Cortana were in Halo. I'm sorry, it, it can't be that. Like, uh, where, um, oh, hang on, no, we just got a poor connection there. Can you still hear me, Patricia? I'm, I'm here. Okay, then, yeah, I just, uh, tell you, I'm just going to turn this thing off because I don't think we really need it. But, sure. uh, so, I mean, in regards to um, uh, the relationship, it can't be like Cortana and John in Halo because uh, I, I just think that, I mean, the way that all played out when uh, Cortana b b betrayed uh, Master Chief in Halo, I, I just think that uh, it was, um, it, you didn't really feel too emotional about it, I think. And I think if they did the same with uh, Woody and Bo, in that regard where Woody discovers Bo has been alive all this time and then finds out that she's actually, you know, gone mad and is uh, planning to take over or whatever or do something crazy. And uh, I, I don't think you can really draw too much emotion from that, I don't think. I mean, that, that's just, uh, unless, that's just unless me. Of course they, unless, of course, they can play it really well. Like how in The Prospector, you know, he has like a really sad backstory about how he was in a dime store when, you know, the TV series was no longer running and it was becoming unpopular when kids wanting, were wanting to buy space toys. And he was watching every single toy being sold and he never got to be played with. So maybe <laughs> we have a... I'll tell you what's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, being in a dime cent store, watching every other toy being sold. And no, wind me down, cowboy doll is going to mess it up for me now. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, like, okay, uh, so I yeah, think I'll that... tell you what, the prospector comes back and says, Fair! That's not a fair, that's a carnival. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that was... Shame Aaron. Anyway, but, I, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they try to play that angle into Bo Peep's character, because... You know, Bo Peep was given away by Andy at some point, and she maybe she would have felt that she was betrayed, that now that she sees Woody for the first time, and don't forget that in Toy Stories 1 and 2, you know, they were like, you know, a couple, that, you know, she was like very, you know, she was like a very minor character in the previous movie. She didn't, she was just like there looking pretty and, you know, she would like flirt with Woody and, you know, it was, it was cute. It was essentially really cute. But I'll tell you what, what I, if, uh, what if they went, what if they went all the way uh, with this? I mean, what if like, uh, say for example, you know, the little girl at the airport who ended up with the prospector, what if she turns up at the carnival? Uh, with, oh, the, with the prospector and then well no oh my oh no that wouldn't make no, any no, sense no, that because... wouldn't make any sense because she would be an adult oh yeah okay then well what if i mean what if somehow the prospector turns up at the carnival and then all of a sudden the garbage truck comes up and then lotso is the one who's uh, attached to the t to the front of it and he ends up falling off and then he's at the carnival and so then they obviously you know you got the uh other threats from the uh from the the other movie wanting to get revenge on woody while all this other chaos is going on like that, that's so essentially, that. we're going to have a strict the third moment in which, like, all the villains are going to come together and take them down. Um, well, I'm thinking about that. I'm hoping it's not going to be like as of that. I'm just thinking that maybe they, like, uh, they somehow end up there and then they discover that Woody is there too, and that's their chance to get revenge. And, mm. like, they kind of, like, operate on their own on their own means. 
if you will. Interesting. I, I, that's an interesting idea. Yeah, it would probably add more danger to the, you know, it would actually add more world building to the carnival, if you will. And uh, yeah, it's uh, interesting enough, though, like looking at it, like uh, um, this carnival is obviously taking place in some small town. Mm-hmm. Of it. So, because there's an antique store and everything like that. So, sure. Yeah. So, I'm interested to see if the town also takes some side of precedence in all of this as well. And uh, yeah, it, that that does sound actually really interesting. I'm act, I, I I don't know if they'll go in that direction, but I'm really curious if they do. That we'll probably get you know the prospector, we'll get Lotso and Bo if she's the villain, and then they work together to you know have revenge against Woody. Like, I would like that. That would be really interesting. Mm-hmm. And uh, it would, um, yeah, I just think it would just play to the danger fact. I mean, for all we know, I mean, maybe the carnival itself will all become, uh, oh, I've just discovered a, a, a um, an Easter egg in this. Mm, uh, what's I that? I don't know if you saw it. You know, when, uh, oh, mind you, uh, one thing I would like to say before that is that, uh, you know, when Bo introduces, uh, he takes her into like some kind of like bar of like lost toys. Or something yes. like that, and so obviously we're going to see a lot more lost toy backstories and all of this. Uh, also, uh, and also the Easter egg as well. One of the lost toys I've just seen in the uh, trailer is Tin Toy. Oh, really? Yeah, that's he- a gr- that's gr- that's a great little callback because Tin Toy was the precursor to Toy Story. Indeed, and so uh, he's obviously going to be finally make his appearance in Toy Story. So uh, about about time. Yeah, you know, I'd love to see the knickknacks as well. Like that'd it. be good too. Yeah, I'd love to see the knickknacks. Maybe that'd be fun to see in there in this. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So, um, I mean, so we've we've gone through pretty much um, some of the uh, highlighting clips. I mean, obviously, Buzz Lightyear is. Uh, mind you, what do you think of the whole thing in the um, in the antique store? Like, you have like all those, uh, uh, you know. Yeah, exactly. That that actually that... was like really creepy. It looks just like the dummy from Goosebumps. Those four male dummies with the suits. They look just like the dummy from Goosebumps. Yeah, but what didn't he have a name? Uh, the, yeah, the... yeah, he he did have a name. Uh, it's, I'm I'm blanking on it. I'm, I, it's uh, I, I'm gonna look it up really quickly. But yeah, yeah. It, it looks like something that you know, like the talking creepy doll. I mean, it looks like something that you see out of the Twilight Zone. Yeah, I like. I was I was looking and thinking, oh hey, it's, uh, I, I almost mistakenly called him Chucky, and I, and I know it. Before everyone gets on me, I know it's not Chucky. Okay. No, it's not Chucky. And, and uh, let me see if I can find his name. It's. Um... Uh, let's, okay, I, I, okay, uh, yeah, he's from Night of the Living, the Living Dummy, and, uh, his name is, uh, Slappy, that's what his name is, Slappy. Slappy. Okay, then. So, uh, some maniac made multiple Slappies, and, uh, that's, uh, I guess that will be a sequel to that, to that movie, I guess, if, uh... <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah, the Slappies will take over, and, uh, um, Ripley has to go around with a flamethrower and burn them all or something like that, I don't know. <laughs> sure. Yeah, well... Hey, it's it'll make money. <laughs> I'll buy that for a dollar. Uh, but uh, so yeah, I just think uh, the, you obviously have this creepy old antique store, which kind of like it kind of reminds me of like the Sid in Andy's room uh, deal. Like you know when they find like all the toys and like they all think they're like they're all monsters and stuff. And uh, also the Sid himself. Oh, you, oh, you mean uh, Sid's room? Yeah. Yeah, it's Sid's room, room in uh, Toy Story. So it kind of has that. I guess that's going to be kind of like our, our, you know, the Toy Story 4's version of the of the. Uh, this of Sid's room, I guess. Yeah, I guess knowledge. so because I, I mean, I guess in some point we need to have like a creepy scene Ooh, that's involving a good question. with I mean, like. What if all the antique toys are like probably the bad guys in this too, and they're running around the carnival trying to chase them all? Hmm. Right. Yeah, that's that's actually a really good idea. It's like you know forcing Woody to stay amongst with the 
with the you know the, the toys that have been like rejected and now are rotting away in some flea market. Mm. I mean, you know, thrift store. Yeah, like it, it's funny because um, I used to work in Goodwill and uh, we used to get donations of like lots of toys and video games and action figures all the time. And, you know, most of them do not get sold while others do and only for like collection purposes. So I'm actually curious about like, you know, the perspective of, you know, toys that have been like rejected and are, and are like put in a store. It kind of almost reminds me a little bit of like how in Brave Little Toaster, like the, um, you know, like the objects are put into like this um, like parts store and that they're only used for the parts and nothing else. They kind of like break them down and it's, it's actually pretty disturbing once you look at it. And uh, another scene that it kind of reminds me a little bit of is uh, Polar Express in which like the boy is wandering into like the um, the little section of like the broken forgotten toys and um, the hobo is like playing off like he's a doubter and he doesn't believe in Santa. So it kind of like reminded me of those little moments there. Mm hmm. So, uh, we've managed to take a 2 minute and 27 minute tra tra second trailer and it's, uh, it's pretty good. It's like 31 minutes of uh, talk time. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, there's, there's a lot to talk about. And, you know, of course, they're the, you know, the final nail in the um, cough. Well, not the final, the elephant in the room. There we go. The, the elephant in the room that we do need to bring up is that, um, you know, John Lasseter is no longer working at Pixar. He has since left because of his, well, we don't want to talk about it, but you know, we're, we're we referring know why to. He's, he's gone, but exactly. It, so, so we have Pete, so we have Pete doctor. He is now the president of Pixar and this will, and as mentioned in the Incredibles two, uh, Pixmix episode, this will be the first time that, John Lasseter will not be involved in any Pixar movie. He will not be an executive producer. He will not be, you know, associated with any means at all. So it's going to be starting off with like um, a fresh start for Pixar, you yeah. know, whether it be like the gold, the new golden age or whether it be like the second dark age. So for me, Aaron and Patricia, take care and bye-bye for now. See you later. <laughs>